Are we all just months away from being unemployed? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say, but boy, that's a juicy title, right? Uh, so Joel is here and he's staring down the unemployment barrel as we speak. So join us in the breadline on this recessive bowl of dude soup. <laughs> I got it. It's him. funny because it's true. I fucking hooked him. Uh, oh, oh, man. Monetizing Joel's sadness one day at a time. Oh, come on. What? Well, that was our business model from the start, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Does uh, prognostication work? <laughs> Find out in the rest of this article. I mean, it used to. Well, we'll see. Mm. Hey, if you... I don't have a better strategy yet. Uh, this is YouTube Podcast. Welcome. I'm your host, Lawrence. We're going to talk about some new media woes. I'm also going to have Joel read a, a very long missive so from long, somebody that... And the font is so small. They yeah. care a lot about My Little Pony, uh, specifically Twilight Sparkle. Was this, was this a, a letter to y'all, or was this just... It was an open online? letter to the F My Little Pony community, uh, stating that certain boundaries should be respected. Well, mm. Joel, since you already have it memorized, maybe you can TLDR it for us? No. Okay. You'll enjoy the story time, I promise. Once it gets going, you the time will fly right by. Uh, I'm your host, Lawrence. I'm joined by Joel, tap dance, and soul, Ruben. Uh, James never takes the blames, Willems. That's true. And Adam, you wish you had him, Kovic. You write these beforehand? Yeah. Okay. No, I don't. Man, if I, I made them up on the spot, I, they would not be they, but they all kind of rhymed. Mm -hmm. Kind of? Well, yeah. yeah. I'd say mostly. Like Dr. Yeah. Seuss level. I was say, he just made up words, that lazy son of a bitch. He was also a womanizer. Yeah, what the hell is a snitch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this podcast is sponsored by three fine sponsors, Burrow, Stitch, Fix, and the movie Alita Battle Angel. Uh, you can save $75 by going to burrow.com slash dude. You can get an extra 25% off of your Stitch Fix box by keeping all the items in your box when you go to stitchfix.com slash dudesoup and get tickets to the smash hit of the winter, Alita Battle Angel now at alitatickets.com. I'll hear more from all those sponsors later. First, Joel's here. Joel's on the... Joel's yet again on the uh, <laughs> severance package yeah. circuit. Oh, man, y'all really have me on only when it's bad news for Joel. Basically, when there's like a lot of free time in my schedule is when I get to come down <laughs> well, here. Well, I was going to say, when, you when you're, you're busy, <laughs> yeah. you can't come down here and be on our stuff. Yeah. It's true. Joel did the really nice thing. Je Jess and I uh, visited the family. Mm -hmm. The family Reuben. Yeah, I love your little baby. Always mm -hmm. very sleepy. Dana, mm -hmm. always lovely to see you guys. He's but very I, awake last night. But I remember before we left, Joel's like, I don't, don't make me beg. I don't want to beg. He's like, but if no. you guys ever want me to come by, you gave me, gave me that same speech. Well, it's because every every time any of you come over to my house, and not like we haven't invited Lawrence and Stephanie over, they just never come. Huh? We invited you. you guys I mean, you invited everyone this weekend. Yeah, yeah. This everyone. weekend, I I had plans already. But but anytime anyone comes over, it's always like, come down whenever you want to come down, and it's like yeah. I don't want to just show up at the I door know. and be like, hey guys, I want to be in something. Get you a badge. <laughs> There's one just sitting on a couch somewhere. Just handing him out at this point. Yeah, to old machine pretty employees. much. But no, it's like, of course, I always want Joel to come by, but he's always busy. But mm -hmm. now going through this uh, transitional period of his life, he's trying to get that blue check mark on Twitter. Really, yeah, we're trying really hard. You got to, you got to drop that. That you're, you're more renowned than the other probably more important Joel Rubin. So I think that you, uh, one's, know, a one's a journalist and one's a congressman. So. It's 2019 America. Those people don't matter anymore. New media tween heartthrob. Uh, <laughs> that's, like, that's like that picture that someone posted on the subreddit of uh, Elise with an I Williams, who's like wow. a tour guide for the like Harry Potter world or something in oh. Disney. And I was like, that's the real Elise. Yeah, who's got a better job? <laughs> Bigger check mark. Uh, but here's here's some some background for why Joel is gracing us with his presence today. Uh, you will, if you will throw it to the info cam, there's an article on the cut they published today it says as many as 2,100 people have lost media jobs in the past two weeks. There's been a massive calling of, of new media jobs. Uh, and there's been a, a lot of, uh, speculation as to why that's happening. Here's a bit of a excerpt from the top of the article. Uh, while the company's reasonings behind the mass layoffs aren't identical, there's a common thread. The cuts have less to do with the talent of the workers, as we all know, Joel's very talented, <laughs> and more to do with financial imperatives and the whims of investors. Uh, THR reports that Nancy Dubuck, CEO Advice, seeks to decrease spending and increase profitability. Shocker. Uh, Post yeah, we all want to do that. Yeah, right? It's Post a brilliant Post strategy. Told, uh, no, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> told CNN that the site is, quote, investing its talents and resources to areas that have high audience engagement, differentiation, and are poised for growth at a time when our mission means more than ever, end quote. And according to BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed CEO Jonah Peretti, who reportedly suggested that employees bring dogs to work on Monday as a means of raising morale, BuzzFeed is, quote, restructuring to, quote, focus on the content that is working and achieve the right cost structure to support our multi-revenue model. Uh, so that's, yeah, I, I think if you take that at face value, it's just like, we need to make more money and spend less, so we're canning people. 
What caught my eye is this article from Variety a while ago. That Pull it is, up on Big Board. Uh, yeah, pulling it up on the info board. Uh, so this, I, this was a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but it basically details, uh, it's from Variety. The headline is, Can Hollywood's Biggest Media Companies Avoid Getting Crushed by Debt? It basically dives into how all of these media companies, since they are now competing with Netflix, who was able to ride a bunch of like very risky and lucrative marketing deals, goddammit, swipe, um, sorry, I accidentally grazed the touchpad with a finger and it made everything go crazy. Windows. Yeah, it's what makes yeah. my girlfriend go, wife go crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Which one, your wife Whoa. or your girlfriend? <laughs> Breaking news. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's a dude soup first. But yeah, Who's in, your mistress? In an attempt to com- compete with Netflix, who has taken all of their... Oh, dear God. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary, this graph, and we'll go into that in a minute. But essentially, uh, to try and bite off some of Netflix's market share, which they got to by licensing content from the companies that are now competing with them, uh, they are just taking on loads of debt, which they did years ago when the interest rate was very low. Mm. Now that the interest rate appears to be climbing back up, we might be headed into a recession. These companies are freaking out, trying to buy back all of the debt, or at least <coughs> basically board up the windows. So I've seen a lot of speculation in articles from like people from Defy and, uh, and other sources that are like, I know why this is happening. I honestly think this is the major reason that a lot of media players, AT&T specifically, at 103 or $183 billion in debt uh, leading into a recession has gotten a lot more uh, risk averse and is What's willing that? to shed a lot of millennial talent. Some number crunching. That's a to- so it's a total, all these companies together is a total of oh. $381.4 billion in debt. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. crazy. Companies on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Capitalism. And it works. The, the Well, so the article makes that... It should. The article does a good job of breaking down how taking on debt is not bad by itself in the right market, in the right circumstances. And back when they did it, it was the right market with the right circumstances. Those circumstances are now changing. So to avoid to avoid all of that crashing down in on them and having their debt bonds like rated lower and lower and then basically crashing the debt economy... They're now laying off people, avoiding taking on more debt, trying to mm. basically make all of their costs even out. And part of that is Joel getting thrown out on the street. So head count. Yeah. So we're part of AT and T too, uh, like Joel was briefly. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was a hot two and a half months there. <laughs> I keep doing side mentions because it, it is fun to trivialize your suffering. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, he speaks for us all. <laughs> not all of us. Uh, but yeah. So it's it's it's. Boy, reading stuff like this really does remind all, or me at least, that I'm just, I'm just a fucking pebble in a, like a national park of money. Um, and that it, these oh. decisions and these movements ha- happen way above my head mm-hmm. with just people who are sitting in business meetings that I'll never, ever hear about they in could, my life. They could check us off a list and not think twice about it. And companies... 10,000 times the size of us could also be checked off and go, sorry. But if that were the case, Thanks. if they could just check us off the list and not think twice about it, why are they like, what is our layoffs the quickest path to getting rid of your debt then? I think it's the quickest path to making the books look good right now. Right. Because you can just like, you can just fire or lay people off mm-hmm. immediately and then you mm-hmm. can clear off several million dollars, tens of millions of dollars off of your debt. Although, well, I mean, I don't know how studio finances work. I th- I would get so yeah, I'm not a businessman, I'm not an economist. Uh, but maybe if you clear up that revenue or you clear up that payroll money, then you can put that towards buying back bonds, buying back stocks, which James you were you were mentioning there was an article that like the windfall of tax revenue people are getting mm-hmm. is mostly going to bond buyback. Yeah, there's no raise no raises have been going right. going out in 2018. No one's because of the new tax incentives and everything, the new tax plan. It's just companies are just using that extra money to buy back all of their stock so they have more control over everything, mm-hmm. which short term seems great. Boom, they send you an extra check for all your stock, but it actually means long term you're getting fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and also means the companies aren't investing in themselves oh, yeah, yeah. long term because yeah. they're just buying back their own company as opposed to putting the money that they're saving via the tax cuts mm-hmm. into, I think you you mentioned this in, in the script a little bit. Research and development, if it's you yeah. know, tech or pharmaceutical, uh, IP generation, if it's a creative company or a, or a I don't know, smart they're, startup. They're also de-investing you, the employee, in the company oh, itself, yeah. too. Because why would you be concerned with its success if you have no true financial stake in it? I mean, yeah, isn't that just, isn't that just being a wage slave in America? 
Uh, so brief, brief quote. This is this is the last. I like dive into the weeds on the business aspect of it, and then we can go into light, lighter hearted. How fare. can you not be staring at Jake? I'm I'm staring at Jake Gyllenhaal this whole time too. Mm-hmm. Look at those eyes. What's he okay. thinking about? He's beautiful, like a puppy dog. Do you yeah. guys see oh, Vel- Velvet Buzzsaw? I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? Mm. That's all right. It's okay. Same guy did Nightcrawler. I enjoyed that film. Yeah. He was yeah. really good in it because he's good in everything. Rene Russo killing it still. Anyway, oh, uh, so yeah, right. <laughs> Quick, quick excerpt mm. here. Uh, this is from the Variety article. Uh, the stock buyback binge the last 15 years has been fueled in part by borrowings because the cost of credit for well-established businesses was so low in a generally low interest rate banking environment. Companies under pressure to trim debt are, not surprisingly, vowing to put the brakes on future stock buybacks for the near term. Buybacks have started to draw more attention on Wall Street amid worries that corporate leaders who receive a large portion of their annual compensation in stock options are given a counterproductive incentive to spend their corporate resources to keep the stock, high, stock price high rather than invest in R&D, IP, and other forward-looking initiatives that can be vital to a firm's long-term health. Oh, but, that uh, sounds pretty uh, selfish. Why would a human being do that? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite grift of, like, the uh, the libertarian mindset, that if we just take all the rules away, people will do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'm not and gonna... the ones who don't deserve to fail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone gets what they deserve in a, in a pure economy. Bring back trickle-down economics. It <laughs> I mean, works. Yeah, they, we're in the, the middle of it. time. So Keep doing it. Yeah, I uh that's I feel like I've seen a lot of uh, kind of like I alluded to earlier, a lot of especially for the people who are conning it, like Joel, <laughs> a lot of belly aching and and uh, woe is me. But Joel, just realize you're a pawn of some billionaire who doesn't give a shit about you. The way that I so so <laughs> this is not necessarily specifically related to this. The way that I feel about specifically my position in all of this is that um before I worked, uh, that's all right. That oh. sounded that sounded relaxing. <laughs> I needed that. Uh, I love that yeah. pop. Uh, before I worked at Machinima, I worked in TV, and I worked on uh, network sitcoms for three or four years as like different levels of assistants and PAs. Anything and we've heard of, Joel? Mm-hmm. Uh, one show made it to air. It was a show called Crumbs, starring Fred Savage. Uh, um, wow! Yeah, <laughs> Fred great. Savage. Fred Savage the and Jane Curtin was on that show as well. Um, but we only aired a couple Jane episodes. Curtin. Nobody ever watched it. Michael B. Jordan. Uh, <laughs> Fifteen cents. Um, but show, like I worked on probably eight to ten shows when I was when I was working on shows. And some shows you would get a pilot and you would put together an entire staff and an entire crew and you would shoot a pilot and then you'd be done and it would never get picked up. And some shows you would shoot four episodes and it would never go to air. And some shows like Crumbs you would shoot 13 episodes and four would go to air and then the show would get canceled. But the show gets canceled. If you're lucky, you get a 10-year run on a show, but very few people get that. Mm-hmm. I look at all, like whether it's SourceFed getting canceled um, or what's happening with Machinima personally for me, like it's a TV show. I'm working on a TV show and we work in entertainment and gigs come and go and you kind of have to just be, if you're going to work in this industry, you kind of have to be okay with that. That is personally how I look at it. Now, from the perspective of this, I think there's a note, like there are a variety of like separate issues that are facing the digital media like landscape right now that we can get into. But like, don't have a pity party for me because of the job. Have a pity party for me because I like drinking not alone. Amen. Just to be clear, so that way your metaphor works, uh, Funhouse is like leaving Seinfeld halfway through season two. Right. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm like Spike Ferriston, one of the writers on Seinfeld, leaving and then going to get a shitty talk show that never never had legs. That's what I meant. Oh. Yes. Is that the Chevy Chase show? No, Spike Ferriston. Had a, show, a late night oh. show on Fox. Doy. Wow. I can't believe you don't remember it, except that was the point. Yeah. I liked it. It was a funny show, but you know, nobody watched it. But Maybe me. don't give the writer a show. Tell um, that to Conan. Yeah, as I say. I know, How but he, he went from writer to personality, like, pretty Not Really? Well. He went from writer. writer Someone to, was no. like, we should just give this yeah. writer. No, you're yeah. right. Lord, that person was Lauren Michaels, and yeah. he was right. We should just give actually, this my writer. Bad. You're, actually, you're absolutely correct. Yeah. I forgot he also did Look Well. That was only one season. Did, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it was maybe just a He had The Simpsons. He did SNL. Yeah, Look yeah. Well was well after he had done The Tonight Show, or The Late Late Show, or whatever. No? Maybe around the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. I remember that being late 90s, but I, I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess what we're all saying is give me a late night show. Yeah. Joel needs his own variety show. Mm-hmm. It's time. There's, it's been a while since we've had a uh, one hour TV spot that opened <laughs> with a song and dance number. <laughs> yeah. And Joel's long. the man to do it. People opening doors. Where's Joel? Yeah. Slamming them again. <laughs> it kind of blows my mind that that format is still on television. And late then, night? yeah, just because it's like. Old people. Well, yeah. they, they it went. I think Conan, the TBS version, went from an hour. They dropped it down to half hour because I, people's retention is just so. Have you watched the there. new Conan? I have not. I haven't. I I want to watch it because I want to see what's like weird and different about it. <sighs> you know what works actually hmm. is things like uh, John Oliver. Yeah, well, where it's different. One, different kind of show. Though. But I'm just saying it's once a week. Right, it's still, Seth Meyers like yeah. bits can break out and still get YouTube traction. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched mean, all yeah. of Conan's travel show. Mm. He's oh did, yeah, like a travel show. I heard and that, that works. Good. It's all on Netflix. 
And if they had things like if Conan did a show like that where he just, I mean, he could do. There's a version of what he does that he, he got could to easily be in a do K-pop on a streaming video. network. Yeah. God damn it! He did. Yeah. I'm so pissed. His, and also Spanish. So, yeah, I yeah. was gonna say. I, yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. I see the YouTube clips Here when they pop up. But it's like, yeah, I, I never tune in for anything of like. <gasps> Gather around, children. It's 11 o'clock. Time to watch the redhead man talk at us. Like, because nine times out of ten, it's going to be a miss and not a hit Mm. with, like, the opening monologue. And then you're like, and if you don't care for the guest, then you're like, there's about five minutes of digestible content in this. But that format is like, we must do it this way. Colbert, you're doing it this way now. And it's like, it doesn't exactly thrive in that format. Mm. He would do better as a John Oliver. For you. But for all the old people I mean, that are he's still yeah. very He's much only been on TV for 25 years. So, like, what the fuck do you know? Yeah. I just, Adam uh, Kovic. I liked him more when he played a character and did a thing versus him trying to emulate a talk show host in a format that doesn't work yeah. for me. I'm part of today's youth. I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> the funniest thing I've heard on this podcast I'll so far. I'll be 34 years young this month. <laughs> Can't wait. Congratulations. Yeah. Hey, I made it through most of a century. So, Lawrence, are we all going to lose our jobs? <laughs> I mean, I, I think the takeaway for this is that uh, shit's volatile. I, I don't think it, it's it's weird because from a business perspective, I think it's tempting for us to believe we're safe because we have a really good model and pretty good margins. Like we do our jobs well and, and we do what the rooster teeth tells us we need to do. Um, but that doesn't prevent somebody eight, eight steps up the corporate ch- corporate chain from just saying cut X number of people and that's that. Um, so I hope not. But if if uh, Warner is expecting us to compete directly with Netflix, that's going to be an ouch. That's going to be an ouchie. I don't know that we can do that. I'm curious, kind of like Joel was saying about bouncing around. I'm curious after this, we go do something like if I could ever work a job again where the analytics here, Jake. and like the financial optics aren't so clear mm-hmm. oh yeah because you know and we've talked about it before even in this very building where there are people working on things oh. spending money and and we're all sitting back like separate from it going like how does anyone think this is gonna work mm-hmm. but i think a lot of people just go they don't care like they're mm-hmm. what it's their gig yeah, that's the gig do that they're job. doing or whatever uh, but so, man it's it's weird like i think that, that i mean Structurally, that's one of the fundamental problems with our business is a lot of the employees of these companies just treated it like they would a nine to five or a normal gig. Whereas, like, if we're really struggling to survive, you need to give everyone who's working skin in the game. You need to give them some like and I don't mean like bullshit stock options that might be worth nothing at some at some point, although that helps. But like actual ownership stake in the company and stock options kind of function in sort of in that way, but not in the immediate short term like you want you know, for uh, for clarity's sake, like the way that our stock options worked years ago at Machinima is that they granted us options, but you had to stick around for one year for a quarter of those options to vest. Mm-hmm. And then every month, 148th of those options continued to vest for the next three years. So you had no real, like no ownership incentive in that time, in the, in, you know, the, the first or second or third or even fourth year to see success other than not getting fired. Whereas if you give someone ownership stake in how the day-to-day of the company is doing, whether that's a share of ad revenue um, for whatever you book on the the content that you're doing um, or some other model, um, it gives them much more incentive to like hustle their ass off, do the job right, build the audience, stay profitable, keep costs down themselves without having to cut their employees uh, to to profitability. The the problem with Machinima, I felt, was they could they could have paid me whatever they wanted to because I I had a pretty sweet deal when I worked there. I had like they put me on a talent contract. I don't think I've ever talked about this before, but like it would have had a substantial raise every year, and I was like, this is great. But it got to a point where there were so many fuck ups at that company, and I was sort of at a point I was the face of this stuff of being like, people are laid off. Explain it, and I'm like, it was just hurting my soul too much. And I'm like. I, I don't think there's any amount of money I could have taken from that that yeah, I'm like, no. I like honestly, <laughs> I was like, because I'm like, if I if I had stayed there and just shut up and just nodded my head and been like, I probably would have been sitting pretty damn pr- because the contract hey, they gave me was I mean, Sarah Sanders is still uh, still getting paid. I boom <laughs> political. Oh, oh, I don't. I mean, but I guess, that's other people. Like for yeah, me, yeah. I would rather be making less money and feeling like sort of like creatively satisfied I, rather than being like. Hey, your drunk uncle is going to keep doing shitty stuff and you need to keep explaining and helping, you know, fixing their mistakes. I would also not to diminish your moral standing, because I do think that was a factor. But I do think that you're not giving yourself enough credit in the you saw the writings on the wall 
and you were like, there's no, yeah, so what? I'll be sitting here like a, like a husk getting paid money, but to make nothing that I care about for the few more years that maybe this lasts. Like, I, no. I think you also could say that you saw that as well, which is also a lack of investment in the company because what are you going to I mean, I think it's tangentially related, but like we, I had a really specific reason at the time that I wanted to leave. Well, I had two specific reasons I wanted to leave. One of them was parking I wanted to spot. keep... What's that? Parking, parking spot. spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what an uncomfortable day that uh, was. I wanted to continue working with y'all and... We could, I don't know if you want to talk about this or if, if this is the topic of the podcast, but eventually, like, oh, yeah. start, like, our own thing. No, we were going to, this whole idea. We spin off into little personal anecdotes about what happened sure. when. Um, yeah. The other, like, the other really specific reason that I was ready to walk away from Machinima at the time um, was because it, uh, the writing that I saw on the wall wasn't that this isn't going to, to work or this isn't going to be successful, but, but the company started moving away from doing the stuff that I wanted, that I enjoyed doing, which was owned and operated mm developed in-house in-studio content, which mm -hmm. is what we all liked doing. Well, that was the frustrating thing, was we were doing it correctly. We, yeah. And we were profitable. We were clearing but, money and yeah, asking like, for reinvestment. We we were, like, pounding on the wall, being like, we're getting you numbers, sell it, and they're like, no one's going to buy you. Yeah. And we're like, okay. Well, and then it wasn't operating at the scale I think they well, needed to operate at to change the business. And, and, yeah. broadly, the and broadly, the company was looking at, I mean, again, this is, my, this is how I saw it. The company was looking at trying to get acquired by somebody. So they were cutting yeah. employees, which frustrated me, specifically cutting a lot of employees in the production and like original content zones that we were sort of tangentially related to. And they were doing a lot more distribution deals, meaning what that means is we wouldn't be making content. We would be getting shows that other people had made that we didn't really have anything to do with and then putting them out on our channels. And that's just not an interesting business model for me. Like, it's not, it's not a cool job for me. Well, yeah. it almost made it seem like the position you wanted to be in was not working at the company, right. but working somewhere else, <laughs> pitching to the company. Yes. Because yes. you yeah. get paid more. And, 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 and you would also you actually get, get to, to make, make the, the stuff yeah. that you want to make. And we had spent, and all of us had spent years building up, whether it was the Machinima channel or the Inside Gaming channel, or the Prime Channel or Realm or whatever it was, spent years building Prime those channels up Prime to Prime. like create content. And Shop then they Shop. were getting, those channels were getting sold without our approval of like, we are the ones that built the audience. Yeah. We're the people that made the shows that brought people here. And now you're you're insisting that we put shit on there that that doesn't really have our seal of approval or isn't good. That's why I wanted to leave is because it just is less interesting. There, there was an attitude there, which was sort of, that for years it was, we put anything on the channel, it gets... Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of views. They have to watch it. Yeah, so keep putting it on there. And then you saw the numbers dwindle. And, yeah. dwindle. and then they started going, what the fuck? And so then for years, uh, about, yeah, years, we were when we tried to, like, grow Inside Gaming like a phoenix from the flames, we're like, we're getting numbers back. Numbers going up. We're doing it. We're doing it. And then they'd go, slam, now this thing. And we're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Or, like, big giant lawsuit. Boom. Explain that. And, like, it was just so unnerving to con constantly being like hit with that where people are like hey what's with this scandal i'm like i don't know these are yeah. all things happening above me my job is so narrow for what i work on and what i get to control and i'm very much in control of those things but anything outside of that i have to keep apologizing for these you know freaking rich executives who get these cushy jobs and then just leave whenever they want yeah and go get a better job and i will also like just to, to sort of tie this back up and then we can Get back. Yeah, I need to put a bookmark in real yeah. quick to, to make um, some money. But the reason that I that I like I was <laughs> enticed to come back is they said like we realize we haven't been doing OO programming. We want to start building IP again. Will you come back and develop shows? So that's uh, what I had been spending the last year on. A lot yeah. of that stuff is never going to see the light of day, unfortunately, because we had to close up shop. But wait, crumb season two, <laughs> crumb season coming back. From the lost Fred. episodes, Fred. <laughs> let's get the gang back Doo -doo 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 -doo. together. But Ben Savage will pick up. I'll do anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was he in Girl Meets World or whatever? Yes, yeah. he was. He's, what a hot property. Michael B. Jordan. Anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of working on what you want, uh, build what you want with Burrow Couch Company. Mm -hmm. Go to, you can go to Burrow.com and customize your couch because it's 2019 and you shouldn't be sitting on something that's not customized to you. Uh, Burrow is a couches by mail service because everything arrives in a box from the internet now. Uh, basically, it ships modular and then there's these little like clasps and stuff that lock it all together. It's actually really solid. Uh, I got one, which is pretty cool. They let me customize it. Got those high armrests because I like have my arm up there. Uh, and yeah, you just you slide it together. Those little like pins and, and things that align and then a little clasp that locks it in. And it's not like I, would, I expected it to be like a little creaky, but no, it's real solid. You got to like you got to really muscle those clamps. So they're, pre they're pretty they're pretty tight in there. Uh, so like I said, you can customize it. Uh, you can pick your color. You can pick your armrest height. 
armrest height. You can pick the length of the couch. Can I pick any color? Uh, you can't. I don't think you can send them like a hex a Pantone, code. Yeah, that'd be cool if you could send them Pantones. Maybe maybe they'll uh, expand to that in the future. This year's color is coral or or oh, salmon. Or, yeah, it's like coral or salmon or okay. something like that. Nice. Yeah. Good to know. Well, I'm so, sure I'm sure Burrow will be on that before long or Apple. Not my color. Coral iPhone, but uh, it's also expandable since it is modular. So you can start with the love seat, and as your as your seating uh, requirements grow, so too can your couch, one section at a time. Uh, it also has a built-in USB charger because it's 2019 and everything needs USB chargers nowadays. Damn. Uh, they also got named, uh, Burrow got named one of Time's best inventions. So, you know, you're going to be sitting on high tech. Uh, you can save $75 by going to burrow.com slash dude. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash dude to get $75 off of your customized modular couch from the internet. Sit on the internet today. Burrow.com slash dude. Thank you, Burrow. Uh, but yeah, we have this... Uh, Moving on to, I guess, more personal experiences, we have this heavy <laughs> monument to failure from the Inside Gaming Awards 2013. It's Come on. really heavy. So, <laughs> uh, we, uh, so the first one was in 2010, I think. I want to say yes. I got invited out to no, that one. No, 2009. 2009, because the second well, one was the, was the first one I went to. 2009, was, was that in a venue? Because that was all it videos, was the right? Red Bull space. Oh, it was, okay. It was wow. a very small thing. And like I think I created the whole show. Yeah, it like, didn't seem like it was just you slaving away. I had to. Just, I've been digging back through old Machinima stuff lately. Ego. When did you start? At, at August Machinima. of 2010. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah. I think that's. Wait, I was shortly after that, but only very. I didn't know we started I, so so. Close I to met yeah, they, were, you, they went on a hiring spree. I met you. I want to say Inside Gaming Awards 2010. It was 2010. Yeah. That's when it was like. It was more of a venue. It was like kind of a real place. It was like yeah. it was like in a in a bank, like an old bank or something. Yeah, yes. like a Hollywood space. But yeah. <laughs> once again, a lot of people LA going is the best city in the world. <laughs> but, but people going up to you and being like, "Hey, this thing you made is really cool. We're gonna bastardize it and do something with it <laughs> that we're gonna try to just get some influence going." I'm like, "Cool." And they're like, "Also, you need to make all the videos and host it." It's like, "Okay." It it has been weird because I. Uh, I've been poking back through, just for nostalgia's sake, poking back through a lot of, like, old Inside Gaming stuff. Wait, they're all offline. How are you going through it all, Lawrence? What? what? Some of us managed to... <laughs> some of us managed to shove some stuff under the baseboards before the, uh, before the Gestapo swept through. Squirrely little bastard. Yeah, but uh, it, it, it was interesting, like, seeing where that show started and then clearly seeing other people sweep in and be like, we're doing this now. Yep. We're making awards. It's... Yeah, it was... It, it's... It's fun to get the high level view as time goes on and see it in reverse in retrospect. As long I always just told myself, I'm just gonna keep my head down. I'm just gonna keep doing my job. As long as I keep doing that, people won't hate me. <laughs> I remember the man, 2010 was Machinima hadn't paid any of my uh, freelance invoices in about two and a half months. <laughs> so uh, I was I was down to my last dollar to pay rent. This thing costs hundreds. <laughs> I know. Hundred? You found, here's your invoice. <laughs> uh, they did book me to fly out to LA though, which was weird. Uh, and then so I landed in LA. Went to go get a rental car, and they were like, "Okay, we're just going to need your credit card and just put a little hold on that." And I was like, "How much? How much of a hold?" And they're like, "Well, I, at the time, I was like under twenty, whatever the cutoff is before they stop holding shitloads of money." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I did not have that much room on my credit card, mm. so they're like, "Yeah, we can't. So we can't rent you a car." So I was like, cool. So I just walked out and kind of stood in the dirt for a little bit mm-hmm. and then looked up on my phone where the nearest train station was. Oof. It was about, it's about like two and a half miles from the airport. So I just walked, uh, got on the train. Welcome to LA. First time down in LA, took, took the train slash bus all the way up into Hollywood. Oh my God. Somehow made it to the event. And, uh, and then uh, Justin, an old guy who used to work at Machinima, awesome dude, he immediately tasked me with like basically shucking all of these blister packs of... Uh, Headphones? Yeah, they have free headphones yeah. right here with uh, with little with little mics in them. Yeah, they yeah. got they got a, like a company. They got a pallet of promotional yeah. headphones. And I think they like, went out of business. You like, got to unpack all these and later. set them up. Turns out they shouldn't have given away so many headphones. <laughs> and I remember it was like I didn't have a knife, so it was like pulling open blister packs with my bare hands, <laughs> and like they were sharp, so I got all these cuts on my hands. Welcome to Hollywood, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe you're still here. I guess you left for a little while, well, but like, yeah. and I also hadn't eaten in like eight hours, so. <laughs> When the bar opened, I was like, this is the only food I could get. And I thought, what is the most nutritious thing I could put in my body? Whiskey. This is why I Screwdriver, believe. Screwdriver, because it has is, orange juice. This is so. why I believe we'll have careers and YouTubers will not. <laughs> because YouTubers started and they never got on the plane. They start in the basement. They accidentally build this audience or whatever. And then they turn it into a business after the fact. But Lawrence is 
his Hollywood experience was walking two and a half miles to a bus stop and then ripping open <laughs> headphones. Yeah. He wanted it. It yeah. was fun. Like that was know. the only event show or like that's the biggest event I've ever been to. Yeah. Before that, I was grinding out reviews for the Inside Gaming blog, which they started because they wanted to get on Metacritic. And that's it. Well, I also we've talked about this before, but I still remember there was the meeting where they're like, you know where the money's at right now. And I'm like, not really. No, they're like, newsletters. Oh, if we yeah. do newsletters, he's like, imagine. Imagine a world where we get 30,000 people to sign up for an email. We're like, okay. And they're like, now they're all signed up. What do you do? You put an ad in that email. Boom, 30,000 clicks right there. It's like, don't think it works out. We're like, do it. And then so, Lauren. Yeah, like, that was my meet, first full-time meet Lawrence. job. He's making the newsletter. I'm like, 80 pounds overweight. I believe it was 2011. 2011, yeah. I was like, I don't think anyone does which, newsletters. Which takes us back around to new media layoffs and debt. It's because <laughs> the only people who succeeded were the people who are too too big to fail and the people who brought that snake oil shit in and yeah. sold some other naive person at some other company that had a lot of money that they were willing to spend on <sighs> And add on a newsletter and trick them into thinking this is how it works. Hey man, I killed that happens, newsletter. Remember? My open rates were like twenty seven percent. Most email open rates are like point five. And the only ad that ever ran was for Bite Me, the the premier zombie show. That was the best when that was supposed to elevate machinima out of the gutter and into I, like Netflix territory. I, and I always remember when there was a new tool. They'd be like, "Did you know we can put an annotation on all videos?" <laughs> and it was. There was an interview done with a developer who had died or he had passed away the following year. Oh yeah! And oh no! He was. It was like it was such a tragic. He was. <gasps> he was a. He was the nicest guy in the world, and the story was like his pregnant wife was in the car, and the way that he was an unavoidable car accident, and the way he crashed, he basically saved him his uh, his wife and his, his unborn child's life. <sighs> and then on the Machinima uh, interview, and giant text over his face goes, "Finish him," because it was for Mortal Kombat. And I remember people being like. What the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? This sucks. What like, did you say in the apology video that you had to make? <laughs> uh, I Well, the thing was back then, so like today, if there's an issue, it's very easy for us to go into our channel and go, oh, change this, change this. But I remember back then there were so many barriers. So it was like, I would notice there's something wrong. of like, hey, the title of this video is wrong. Or the, you got the interviewer's name wrong. Well, you need Send to submit, an email. submit a request in triplicate well, to the deployment team. There was which a is, deployment yeah. team. There was a, yeah. there was a of, team of... Eight people? Eight people at least. I, I remember one trip where they're like, hey, can we get the Instagram login or something like We were going on a trip. They're like, hey, they want us to do something. They go, well, this one guy has the phone with Instagram on it, so I guess we could send him. I'm like, just just give us the login. Like, He's the only one who does the Instagram. We're like, can we tell Can we tell the what? story about uh, login information? Oh, so before that, real quick, okay, <laughs> just to tease it out because now, pe squat? now people have to sit through this ad. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, jeez. Oh, okay. All right. So real quick. Uh, oh, <laughs> yes. Can we talk about <laughs> Can that? Can we tell that? Absolutely. That okay? So oh, okay, cool. Just, just cool. a minute. Yeah. Just a minute. Uh, Guess so we don't have to name names. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you kind of already no, did. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying the person who was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah Never yeah. mind. I, I got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so this podcast is also sponsored by Stitch Fix. Another get a box in the mail from the internet. Uh, service Stitch Fix is a personal styling service, which is actually really cool. And to be frank, something that my uh, my frumpy ass never thought that I'd be able to do. But yeah, if you when you sign up for it, basically you fill out this little questionnaire. They assign a stylist to you, and they keep a file on you about all the things you like or that you say you like. And then they send you like a curated box of stuff that's supposed to fit your body and stuff like that. You can try it all on. Get your own little like try on montage '80s cover girl. Uh, sequence in your very own home. Airborne. Yeah. Oh, Airborne. Airborne yes. has a great montage Walking to Right out. Said Fred. Absolutely. Yes. Play Right Said Fred. Try on everything. Feel like a king <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, and then you return what you don't like or that you feel doesn't fit you or is like maybe a fit you a fit or a pattern or a cloth you don't like. Keep what you want. Uh, they'll bill you for what you keep and uh, don't bill you for what you return. Uh, and by returning stuff, leaving notes, filling out questionnaires and things like that, your stylist will basically keep a history on you and very in tune pretty quickly to what you like and don't like. My first box was a little off by box two and three. It was all stuff I liked. So I'm into that. Uh, it's also not a subscription service. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. You can just get it all a cart every time you feel like freshening up your wardrobe. And the way it works is the styling fee is $20. But if you keep anything, that styling fee is applied to what you keep. So if you keep anything, uh, basically the styling is free. But if you don't, it's 20 bucks, which honestly isn't that bad for just getting like a box of stuff and trying it on. Again, um, right said Fred O'Clock. 
Uh, $20 isn't a lot to feel like a movie star for a little bit. Uh, you can get started now at stitchfix.com slash dudesoup, uh, and they have a special promo. You get an extra 25% off the entire box when you keep all the items. Uh, that's stitchfix.com slash dudesoup for 25% off keeping all items in your box. So thank you, Stitch Fix, for making me feel like a king. All right. Yes, we, uh, yeah. Uh, there is there is another edge to the sword of being liber- uh, giving people liberty with login information. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's just more about like how how could how did this fail kind of <laughs> situation, and it's because there's like keys strewn mm-hmm. about the castle and no one knows who has them. But I remember a particular inside gaming <laughs> episode where you guys may have poked the beast, poked a, a hive of some sort. Oh. A, uh, oh, a, sorry. A reptilian. I thought you were talking about something else entirely. Oh, okay, well, that can you be give me too. hints? Specifically, we had a computer so that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There yeah, was I a computer that I, I recently wiped because we had we lost access to it uh, at a at a pretty basic level. Oh, oh, recently. Well, no, the the, the losing access happened a long time ago, oh. and so as a result, somebody just tossed it in the storage closet. Oh, which was a great thing to discover when I got it out because we had people that needed. Computer. Anyway, yes, there was oh. another incident. Um, oh, where I, we, this is this is machinima. No, yeah, no, we tempted fates, and the fates tempted struck back. Fates, yeah. the fates struck back, <laughs> and uh, machinima was held hostage, <laughs> <laughs> held hostage, victimized, yeah. and and then we were blamed. Yeah. <laughs> We were blamed for it. It was kind of a wrist slap, though. I mean, I, I wasn't in those conversations, so maybe there was... I don't do, you, do you want to dive into it? Basically, we we did an Inside Gaming Daily. Yeah. Where, so there was there was a hacker squad called... Or a Lizard, hacker group Lizard, called Lizard, Lizard Squad. squad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not was. No, they're still, still exist. They're active? Hey. So they, Lizard Squad, I defy you to hack no, the Funhouse no, check. No, no, no. I mean, Adults, we actually might be talking about that. Squarespace. He doesn't speak for us. But, uh, <laughs> He's unemployed. <laughs> at the, at for the good time, cause. <laughs> at the time, they were DDoSing PSN over Christmas. Yeah. And and like most shitty hacker groups, they said they were doing it to raise awareness his of security words. flaws. Those were his words, not mine. <laughs> Fuck off, Lizard Squad. Anyway, no, no, there is such a thing called yes. ethical hacking, but what you don't do is actually attack live services, assholes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so they were DDoSing uh, PSN during Christmas. So when people were logging on with their PS3s, they couldn't update and like anything like that. So he basically called them out on Inside Gaming Daily. Uh, and in, res- and in return, you they- guys like really ripped into them, like absolutely well, made fun of them dicks. as like little big. Ba- well, never mind. Yeah. But in return, they fished the password for Machinima.com yeah. out of one of the Machinima executives. I don't know which one. Which, by the way, the website at that point was just nothing. It was a marketing well, site. Well, except. Yeah. The very day that they took, they got that and like brought it down and like put a hostage message up was also supposed to be the relaunch of Machinima.com. Oops. So a press release blast went out saying, everyone, check out the new Machinima.com. Mm-hmm. And when you went there, it said like Lizard Squad has taken your website <laughs> um, because whatever executive trusted that whoever called them and said, hey, we're from but the Internet company. It, the, as I recall <laughs> it rolling out, it was more it was more that it was like, oh, no, they actually did something. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, shit. Well. That sucks. That it was a really something. basic something. Yeah, that, but they still did something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is way, like more than most people do. But the way they did it was more just than most so people do. And then it was like, oh, how did this happen? And then uh, when we found out how it happened, because one person sent an email to someone else and said, hey, asked for the password, yeah, and that think, person gave them I'm the password. The internet. <laughs> we lo- we, you lost your password. Can yeah. you give it to us? And then we'll give it back yeah. to you. Yeah. Hey, I'm the wallet inspector. Can I check your wallet? Here we go. Everything's supposed to be in order. He goes, that's that was what happens, man. Way too easy. Human beings are always the weakest link in any any security. Oh, man, so that machinima.com page. Such yeah, potential let's, there. Let's, we were on it for a really long time. Oh, way too Remember, long. Remember, it would yeah. show Inside Gaming, and it would be us, and we were yeah. doing this for, like, celebrating our two-year anniversary. Yeah, we're like, oh, Funhouse is a thing now, and they're like, see things like Inside Gaming. Please stop selling us. Yeah. We're not there anymore. So who's still paying the hosting for Machinima.com? Because it's still up. If it's anything wow. like the websites I've hosted, you, you, like set, you set up PayPal, and then it's just going, my friend. Yeah. I do. I do. Peter go. Chernin is, is writing yeah. checks every month. Just yes. keeping the dream alive. I, I get, get really angry whenever I see Chernin branding on a viral clip, especially oh. one that I enjoyed from like 10 years ago. Well, yeah. the, the funny thing Gave is, I remember Trinders. seeing that Machinima page relaunch or whatever and being like, oh, this looks nice. And then I remember looking at the full screen website, I'm like, it's exactly the same. Uh-huh. They just paid the same guy to use the same Squarespace theme. You gotta get paid. Best. It's that probably, dude that's got probably tens letter, of thousands right? of dollars going into that. Meanwhile, we're like, we need a PC to do capture for the job that we have. And they're like, <laughs> not in the budget. The mural, put up the mural. <laughs> Pay more money to some high schooler to draw some. Oh mural. my god! Yeah, I mean, we could just do a podcast of failings, machinima memories. Yeah, that's god, what this that is, mural. Joel. We're in the middle of it right now. Remember the ping pong tables, oh, and then god. like 
the yeah, there's, there's, certain, there's certain telltale peanuts signs in the phone that, jack. Like, <laughs> there's a reason. Well, the, don't don't forget the time where it was, we, I think we've told this before, but it was like a Friday night, and the, everyone else at the company oh, was yeah. having a party. Yeah, and to raise morale, Lawrence was cutting like a uh, uh, what is it? Steam roulette. I think. Yeah, yeah Steam Probably. Roulette, and I was cutting an uh, inside game, an IG Q&A. And I was yeah. playing League of Legends. No, I think you were in there, too, because you were trying to be supportive. Yeah. Even though yeah. you didn't have something physically to do, you were like, okay, guys, I'll yeah. be here because I'm going to help do the deployment and everything on it. Yeah. Everyone was all gathered around as we were trying to finish this thing well into the evening on Friday because that's just kind of how it works. You don't have the weekends to work, so that means the stuff that goes up on Monday and Tuesday. It's no different here, but yeah. Yeah. Um, we're just better prepared for it. Um Desperately trying to do it while the rest of the company is throwing a party, having fun. And then someone comes in. I don't know how into detail we want to get, but someone comes in and asks us why we're not partying. Is that Dana? Why, was it Dana? No, no, no. Because no, Dana not. definitely did that to us at least once. Yeah. Dana was, I remember Dana being on our side very much. Well, okay. Dana her whole time. Well, that, she, she busted her ass. Well, that, yeah. was, that was how our relationship began as she yeah. came in to make fun of us for working and then we made out that night. Whoa. Whoa. This is a different. So I was working something. This is a different, more yeah. disheartening okay. person. Yeah, I was that came making in. out with my copy of Photoshop. But. <laughs> and then, and then said, and said, we should just, who cares? What yeah. we're doing, what we're doing doesn't matter. We should be eating cake or whatever at this party, except <clears throat> this it was, was our job. it was a higher higher level person coming in being like, "What's going on in here?" And we're like, "We're working. Yeah, we have we're we have content that goes up over the weekend, so we have to do this." And he's like, "Yeah," late. and we're like, "This is this Dude. is the per- being, these are the people bullied, who just don't give a shit." Being bullied by an executive at the company for doing your job, and trying, trying to, to trying make to money save it yeah. that I don't get any of. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like really a bad feeling. The weird thing is, is I I understand what was going on because the executives are like, we got a real morale problem at this company. Let's bring mm. in a ping pong table and have like weekly champagne toasts or whatever. That's the mm-hmm. problem. So yeah. yeah, when when an executive sees, oh, everybody's having a great time, morale's better, and then they see us like hunkered down working mm-hmm. trying to actually make things better they're like oh all these party poopers are uh, working too hard <laughs> you hear the siren you knew the fun police was coming for you oh god yeah. <laughs> they called, them, they called <laughs> themselves the fun police thing. it's <laughs> ironically been. they all each member yeah. had their own theme song remember that played oh, when they would be introduced at oh, the sh- weekly meetings you're right no. oh yeah a single then, member had their so own these are telltale on. signs that your internet media company is not <laughs> on the right track oh, and that no. you might be yeah. bound for layoffs. That isn't to say that you can't have fun because we have fun here. I think we yeah. have a very fun job in a very fun work environment, but we still get the job done and yeah. we try and make money doing but it. Also, I mean, like, I feel like for anyone coming in, if you watch our content and go, man, those guys must be laugh a minute, wackadoos, crazy. It's like a library here. Mm-hmm. It's so quiet. It's peaceful. It's nice. Like, everyone's just doing their job done. Everyone respects each other's space. So it's like... Yeah, we're loud and silly during videos, but then it's like, it's calm. It's nice. There's not a bunch of people outside that we hate uh, partying, playing ping pong. Like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Woo! This place is going down. Coming in at 10 and leaving at 4. And we're like sitting in the fishbowl so we can see them come and go. I, I remember. When I they, can't see them because they put the mural Yeah, up. when the yeah, mural yeah. Every time I look to the left, instead of seeing a beautiful city man, street in the sun, I see the crotch of a polygon man <laughs> who is enslaving a bunch of poor, poor contracted YouTubers yeah. in all dimensions. It never actually happened, but I did in my head imagine them like like an old-timey guy with a broom like pushing up the print and like the sun gradually getting eclipsed <laughs> as I was sitting at my desk well, looking then Now up. the sun just beams red or blue depending on where it's <laughs> yeah. at. What part of the package? The, the, uh, the only part that they through. didn't cover was the window behind me where homeless people would take shits. <laughs> so it really was a magical office though. I love that. I love that. I, it was great. I mean, <laughs> it was wonderful. It was just, it was, it was the perfect opportunity of to show someone what not to do if you have a great building. Yeah. Cause like they had a lot of cool like space and offices and stuff, but then there was that one giant room and like this will be game HQ. We're like, this is like a big studio space. What are you going to do with it? Put a bunch of garbage in it and we'll put a bar with a sink that goes nowhere. And so, oh, yeah. And people kept pouring stuff in it. It just yeah. went into a bucket that nobody emptied. They had out. a custom built <laughs> bar. I kid you not, there was a sink. And it went down, and it just went to nothing. So we were like, drink's done. And they poured it. Yeah. <laughs> there had to be signs. They're like, this is not bolt. a functioning sink. Oh, that whole, God. man, that whole situation is wild because, man, I remember, yeah, it was, it was, there was a, an executive that loved spending money. It's like, we're going to make a game room, and it's going to be cool, and people are going to want to come by and hang out, and we'll shoot stuff in there, and it'll look awesome. To be fair, they did shoot some things in it, but I remember I went in there to do something once, and I was sitting in a chair, and I was like, how do I? 
get this done. And there yeah. were like 18 knobs and four dials. Yeah. I was like, which one moves the back? But they were red and black, Lawrence. Oh, yeah. They were red and black chairs. They were bespoke chairs. chairs. But I remember I flipped it over. I looked at the serial number on the bottom. I Googled the serial number to look up the manual to figure out how to adjust the back. And in doing so, found the price. I found that those chairs cost like $900 each. And there were like 12 of them. So startup. Yeah. Somebody was like, get the top of the line everything. I want the best chairs. Mm -hmm. I want the best lights. I mean, yeah. And then it just sat there and it smelled like a dentist's office for yeah. like a That's year. That's because people did fucking cross or P90, P90X in there after work every single day. Well, And then I hadn't taught, yes, one of them, people, yeah. people well, did that. But we also, there was, there was a, there was, I don't know if you remember, there was a sketch we filmed. Yeah. Where P90X yeah. box. Yeah. Where there was, there was like. A good sketch. That was pretty funny. There was like. Gone forever. Masticated potato chips sprayed all over the ground and like that was not the issue. Yeah. The issue was, no, was that like people were yeah, where people were exercising in there yeah. every day after work, like seven people, and it was disgusting and it smelled bad. And, and like this cool gaming room that like we were going to entice YouTubers to come shoot stuff in. Like you would st take one step in there and you would be like, "Fuck this room! It smells like a gym locker." <laughs> how did you? How did you get a room with this many air conditioning vents to smell this bad? I do not. Know, well, I do know it was P ninety X box. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. The routine exercising. <laughs> hey, blame Matt Peak for trying to get us all in shape. And then we eventually started doing it out in the parking lot. <laughs> and then I busted my calf or something. Well, 24 Hour Fitness right down the street. I know. The most beautiful men in this fucking city. <laughs> I started Actually, going yeah, there. And there was the guy with the giant well. fake ass. Oh, yeah. He was there. Well, yeah. yeah. Me and Matt also did insanity in our old office for a while. But, but luckily, the man smell didn't set in. And now I'm one day oh, into insanity oh, again. It what smelled I, like shit in there. For oh, sorry. <laughs> Hold on, Joel. I gotta, I gotta show off a little bit. My, yeah, I'm oh, one day God. into insanity, and I already laid my bike oh, down, God. so my legs all fucked up. That's cool. So when I do my power insanity jacks, insanity didn't do that. No, motorcycle did that. Yeah, my yes, own dumbass. Extreme if insanity. If the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, how many times have you busted your ass on your motorcycle? Twice. That's uh, it. Yeah. I thought you thought you thought it was like eight. Uh, no, I thought it was like at least three or four. No, this this one this one was purely my fault. Okay. Unless I unless I attribute it to an angry god that actually made it rain in LA for once. What but. if you combine bicycle and motorcycle? How many injuries? Like a oh oh solid three dozen. Well, yeah. so let's see here. When I was when I was at Machinima, I did have like I had a battery bicycle for a while, yeah. but then the throttle broke, so I just took the battery and the motor off, and it was in just a normal bike. Uh, <laughs> like this is your symbol for taking. I mean, it, it was. Off. I like knocked yeah. it off. With, I, I took it off with wrenches and I threw it into a dumpster. Oh, it's nice. your problem, West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bird scooter. That's I'm a pooping rattling. here. <laughs> Get out of here, kid, or play whichever one is there that day. Uh, but let me think. On bikes. I feel like it was like at least every three or four weeks you'd come limping in or with a major head scar. Oh, that was more from like martial something. arts class. Oh, okay. No, yeah, I, I severely fucked up my back for the first time. Right. It, it turns out like being inverted and being slammed on your spine while you're like trying to armbar somebody, not how the human body should be done. Hmm. But mm, whatever, it's it's a process. You learn more about yourself. Do you have any? Uh, look, I'm going to hijack hosting duties here. Do you have any closing thoughts for debt leveraging um, your way <laughs> out of a hole uh, that you dug yourself into via digital media? All we had to do was justify the headline. That's it. The okay. title. Uh, oh, you just want me here to, to bullshit about? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's oh, yeah. what people come to see. I just oh, need yeah. a, I need a clickbaitable gotcha. title. Mm -hmm. uh, no, for for me, honestly. Um, I, I, I think we went through a period of rapid expansion and a lot of people got a lot of jobs because of that. I'm one of them. Um, I think now we're in a period of stabilization slash contraction. And that's not to say that anyone got laid off, didn't earn their place or didn't deserve to keep their jobs. That's just how the money flows. As And that's me being totally impersonal and clinical, trying to look at it from a business standpoint, is there was an explosion of investment money. A lot of people got jobs on the back of all that money. Now that money's starting to dry up a little bit. And uh, when that happens, yeah, people get laid off. It sucks. We're also in very much of a shareholders economics pattern where it's the perceived value of a company that's important as opposed to the value of the company. And that's, I mean, it, it ebbs and flows, but right now it's bad because you- So that, uh, not, I'm so sorry to interrupt. No, no, okay. that, that touches directly on something very factual, which okay. is that Netflix is valued on its subscriber base. Whereas every other company is valued on its revenue. Yeah. And no one knows how to bridge that gap of, in, of investment uh, perception. But yes, you're absolutely right. Um, so it's it's a weird situation where it's like, oh, are you beholden to your investors and your shareholders? Or are you in, beholden to your employees? Because a lot of times you get into a situation where a company, it does make money. But it makes 2% 
more, 2%, 3% more than it spends, which if it's just you, it's a small company or whatever, and you just want to be able to pay for your lifestyle and your employee's lifestyle and slowly grow over time, that's fine. But if you're part of this conglomerate where they have enough money that they could just throw it into the market, which averages 7%, just on average, if you just have money in the stock market, the stock market just goes up about 7%, I think is, is the standard. Hmm. You have to beat that. You have to beat a high interest savings account, which isn't even that much, 2%, if you go like to an online savings account or something like that, right? Like, So I, I read I read an article recently, and I might get some of these numbers wrong, but from what I recall, this is very similar to what happened, is, is currently happening in the print news business, which is that um, a lot of uh, hedge funds were looking at uh, where to put their money in the 70s and 80s. And mm-hmm. print media, in the, prior to what's happening right now, the margins on print media were something like between 20 and 40%, yeah, depending on the market. Yeah. Whereas like a supermarket, the margins are like 2 to 4%. And so a lot of these hedge funds would like buy up tons of small newspapers, f- smash them together, like uh, centralize certainly like the national news coverage, and then maybe have a few like beat reporters in local news uh, local news markets, which would allow them to basically create these major like the Tribune Company, Gannett, um, uh, not the Associated Press, but there there are a couple other ones, Knight Ritter. Um, Love that show. And. Mm-hmm. Um, what obviously, like over time, they deinvested in local news. Um, they made a ton of money by cutting staff, and like their investments paid off in the sense that in the short term they made a ton of money. But now print media is dying, and all these companies are having to do further and further and further layoffs. So basically, mm-hmm. like they just they were looking at the margins, mm-hmm. bought into this industry, gutted it, and now like it's barely an industry anymore. Because anytime something big with a lot of money gives m- money to something small because they want money out of it, not because they believe in it. It's Mm -hmm. because they see the potential for investment. Now, when you're comparing that to just general investment that an individual would probably do, you have to considerably beat those margins to make it worthwhile. And even if, that's the big thing, the the dead zone of if your company or whatever, your department or whatever it is, is making 5% in profit. It's not good enough no, well, to beat to beat the market to beat the market. So, so my my so I've been thinking about a lot of, about this a lot with some people like some friends of mine, and we have this discussion recently, which is what do you what do you think is the purpose of the stock? What is the purpose of the stock market? Why does it exist? Why does the stock market exist? I, I mean, I why do it. publicly why do companies become publicly traded? It got to give it, rich white people something to do. No, I mean I, I read a whole <laughs> book on the a walk down Wall Street, uh-huh. um, and it's it is supposed to give people like you and I um, and and all middle class and below an opportunity to invest in the basically growth of their nation. That's, you know? that's 50% of it. The other half of it is if you have an idea and you can't raise for a great company and you can't raise money yourself, the idea is you go public with this idea mm-hmm. and you get people to invest in you so you're able to make that thing and build yeah. this company. Kickstarter. That, these are the original ideas of, this is like yeah. kind of why the stock market exists. The stock market now exists to make people who own stock money. That is why the stock market exists. So companies have a much higher incentive to make money than to invest in their company mm. and to like make a product and do something. It's why tech, for example, tech companies blow up into these billion dollar unicorns, get bought and sold and then collapse. Yeah. Now, because it's all a bubble anyway. Everybody's riding it. Everybody knows, but you don't blow the whistle because you're profiting. So, it's all about who's going to bail out first. I don't know how I don't know how to like circle that square. I don't know how to solve that problem of like the stock market is not doing what it's intended to do. And Regulation. Well, yes, yes. Communist. So, like, yeah. let's, yes, I mean, like, not to get political, but, like, and I'm not proposing a political solution to this right now on the on this podcast. Stay, stay tuned. We got to, Joel, you got to wrap it up. Soup. We got My Little Pony <laughs> stuff to read. <laughs> but, like, but, like, this all gets back to digital media because the reason that these companies go into debt, the reason that they are laying people off is to increase their margins to keep their stock prices high, um, which, like, I would argue the the purpose of a comp- uh, of a media company is not to keep your stock prices high. It's to make fucking media, you know. And yes, to make a profit, but you don't need Can't to make, make media without a stock price high. You don't need to make a, a twenty, a, a ten, or a fifteen, or a twenty percent profit every year in order to make media that is consumable and, and makes a profit. Like that. That is what is so frustrating to me about a lot of this stuff is that all of it is driven by the market. It's not driven by the product that you're actually making. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of the market and making good. Good products. Alita Battle Angel is in theaters soon. 
Um, <laughs> good tie-in, Joel. Yeah, good job, Joel. Uh, as as somebody who's followed nerd culture for a long time, and Alita Battle Angel being one of the first like feature-length animes I got to rent because the blockbuster near me actually had it in, I was actually really excited to watch this. So this is an adaptation of manga. Now it's feature film from the director and producers, Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron, respectively. Robert Rodriguez, uh, pretty renowned director, Spy Kids, <laughs> yeah, nice, <laughs> nice job, Lord. That's the one you, you nailed it. You got it. Spike. Sin City. You forgot Spike Kids too. Oh, I did. You're right. <laughs> and Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah. Man, what a what a lineup. Of hits. I want to throw out Desperado just for those listening. I've never heard of it. Yeah, unfamiliar. What are you talking about? Planet Terror. What? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's. Uh, I've always been a fan of the of the show. I mean, so the plot. You know, if you've seen an anime here or there, you're pretty familiar with it. Alita is a cyborg with a heart of gold who's lost her memory. She's discovered in a junkyard by Christoph Waltz, who then learns to love learns to love in this dystopian land of uh, Iron City, I believe, which is in a very Final Fantasy way. It's like this this junker culture that collects the scraps from a. Uh, a uh, higher city that's kind of on a platter above them. Mm. They just eat and they throw their scraps down, and then the people who live beneath have to scrape like a, and like a bird. Just yeah, exactly. Gobble yeah. it up. Uh, it is only when, uh, and I'm going to read copy directly for a little bit because I, I, I don't. I try to stay away from it, but I do like it when it's written like this. It is only when the deadly and corrupt forces that run the city come after Alita that she discovers a clue to her past. She has unique fighting abilities that those in power will stop at nothing to control. If she can stay out of their grasp, she could be the key to saving her friends, her family. And the world she's grown to love. Bum 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 bum. Nice. Yeah. So wow, Spy Kids theme. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, probably military experiment with uh, amnesia learns to like whoop ass. That's mostly what I'm in it for. Uh, and and I'm really curious to see how they they translate stuff. They uh, there's a there's a future sport called motorball, which as we know, inline skating is coming back. I've in a big way. Never left. Never left. Yeah, never left. Packs too. Yeah. So uh, yeah, motorball combines both of those things. It's uh, it's brutal. It's inline skating, and it's in the future, so I'm already on board. Okay. Uh, and there's fight scenes too. Uh, the original uh, content had a lot of that stuff in it, so I'm curious to see how they adapt it. I remember do seeing in the uh, they showed the like alley fight scene in its entirety, and they had a clip in it that was like directly from the manga of like mm -hmm. the little blade girl like stabbing at Alita while she's rolling around. It was pretty cool to see. I was like, oh, they got that in there, neat. Uh, you can get tickets now at uh, one second. You can get tickets now at alitatickets.com. That's a l i t a tickets.com. Uh, to support our uh, our glorious literature and media from the land of the rising sun, uh, they've they, America. Their yeah. culture has been superior to the USA for a while, and I'm uh, glad we're all finally they, starting to understand they, that. They shot a chunk of that movie in Austin. They actually. did. I, mm -hmm. I I went to the set. What? Whoa! It was so cool. Well, the when we shot, did you get in line skates? Uh, they had these little cars that they they could drive around. Uh, cool. Cool. Well, I remember when we shot Eleven Little Roosters. A lot of the the oh, team, that's right. Yeah, they they went immediately from that to working with our thing, and we're like, and we're dancing. Yeah, <laughs> sex like, boys. We all German boys. Like, <laughs> yeah. so what do you guys do? Like, we made a movie with James Cameron. And, uh, yeah, they were wearing Robert like, Rodriguez. <laughs> but I remember asking Mike. I'm like, oh my god, because I remember hearing about that movie. Ten years James ago, James Cameron was workshopping it a long time. I was ago. at a Comic Con where they were promoting Episode Two on DVD. Oh my god, that's how long ago it was. And I remember him being like, oh, "I'm working on this Battle Angel thing," and everyone's freaking. Out. I'm like, "I don't know what this thing is," but I just remember when we we're doing Level of Roosters, like it's got a lot of rollerblading in it. I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, they were wearing it makes like, sense in the trailer now. I'm like, yeah, oh, okay. they were wearing like promotional Alita Battle Angel shirts, and I was like, mm -hmm. that is still around because yeah, it that hadn't really two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So a year it's and been, a half? been workshopped a for a while. But uh, yeah, it's it's coming out. It takes you guys two years to turn around an episode of Dude Soup, right? Yes. Typically, yes. Yeah. So but we actually filmed this two years ago from mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. So just uh, as I was leaving, <laughs> where Joel? Quick, before you leave, Joel. <laughs> yeah, before you leave, Joel, I've got a book report for you. Uh. So uh, this is regarding Twilight Sparkle. Okay. This is a serious letter, and I, I trust that you'll all take it very seriously. Got it. Uh, we do have a bumper for this. The wrong name is on it, but Omar's at the ready, which I appreciate. Bruce Reeves. <laughs> it's Joel this time. Should just say Beard Reeves. <sighs> I tried to find yeah. the after. Or I tried to find the project. The to lighting change. The change. Name, Did you guys it. see that? It's Fireside Chats now. Yeah, yeah. That's Joel, take take us away, Joel. The yeah, whole take, thing. Take a sip. Clear, oh, clear the pipes out. Just, Joel, pretend I'm Dana. Yeah. <sighs> Dear Kevin Sano, this may be the strangest message you'll ever receive, but I do hope you'll take the time to read it and consider what I have to say. To put it simply, I would really appreciate it if the next time your birthday comes around, you'd request that your clop artist friends, who like to give you sexually oriented pony art as gifts, draw some pony other than Twilight Sparkle for you. The reason I ask this is that Twilight is my fiance, 
And we're planning on getting married next June or July, should everything go as planned, financially speaking. And yes, I have actually found a wedding chapel that will let me marry someone that most people would consider a fictional character. Now, before you go thinking, this guy is either completely crazy or just screwing with me, please, hear me out on this. That's two paragraphs. Uh, Damn. You're like 20% done. Mm, No, not even. You see, I'm totally head over heels in love with Twilight Sparkle. I have been for about 11 months now, and at this point, I'm in a committed relationship with my Twily. By that, I mean I don't date anyone else. I don't sleep with anyone else, and I have zero interest in having any kind of relationship with anyone other than the mare I adore. Pushing on Joel. (laughs) I love her with all my heart, and I'm 100% committed to that love. To express my love in a real tangible way, I have a beautiful handmade custom Twilight Sparkle plushie that I can hug, kiss, cuddle up in bed, go to sleep with at night, and take out on the town, do all the fun things together that normal couples do. Focus might be a problem. (laughs) I take her out to eat at nice vegetarian restaurants. We go shopping together. I take her out for coffee. We do social activities together, like hanging out with friends, seeing movies, etc. Etc. And I talk about her as if she is Twilight, because to me, she very much is. When I look her, when I look at her, I see Twilight Sparkle. When I talk with her, I'm talking to Twilight Sparkle. When I hold her in my arms, kiss her, there are no doubts in my mind that it's the mare I love whose lips are pressed against mine. And every morning when I open my eyes and see her head on the pillow next to mine, with her gorgeous violet eyes staring back at me, I can't help but wonder how I ever got to be so lucky as to have a partner as smart, funny, Beautiful, and all around as wonderful as her. All my friends and <laughs> we're halfway I'm, done. I'm here. Oh God! I'm only here. I think, I think, I think oh, we have to bring Joel back, I guess, to finish it. Huh? Oh we're no, good. we got plenty of time. Don't sure, worry I think about we're it. over. No, we're good. All my friends and people who know me well say that my love is a thing of beauty and quite admirable. But don't, from the don't outside rush, perspective Joel. of someone who, the experience. who doesn't know me, you're probably going, "Wow, that's pretty damn crazy," and wondering why don't I just go get a real girlfriend. Truth is, I've had plenty of real relationships and sexual partners in the 27 years I've been around. Oof. A few short relationships. One that lasted seven years and a total of six different sexual partners. <laughs> so my love for Twilight isn't out of a lack of real-world intimacy and relationships. I just fell in love with her. My heart didn't give me much of a choice in the matter. But you know what? I'm totally happy with my love and relationship. It may seem weird to you, but it fills me with joy every single day of my life, and I've never been happier. So what if it's weird? If it makes me happy and it doesn't hurt anyone, then where's the problem? I don't think there is one, and anyone who knows me will tell you the same. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm telling you all this and how it concerns you. To you, I'm sure Twilight Sparkle is just a cartoon character you think is really hot. So I imagine you wouldn't think anything of having your friends draw sexually explicit art of her her as birthday gifts for you. And hey, I think she's really attractive too, so I get where you're coming from here. I often go on e621.net and rule34.pahil to see what new erotic art people have drawn of her. But to me, she's more than a cartoon character who's sexually attractive. She's my fiancé who I love with all my heart and soon to be my wife. So it's been bothering me lately. Every time I go on these sites and see a dozen or so pieces of art people have drawn depicting my girl in various sexual situations with the same person over and over. And that person happens to be you. Don't get me wrong here, though. This isn't a jealousy thing. I'm very secure in my relationship. I know without question that Twilight is just as faithful to me as I am to her. She's actually sitting on the couch next to me, reading while I type this. She's very real to me. And I know she's not sneaking out in the middle of the night to go have kinky sex with some famous artist. And I do respect your talent as an artist. And an artist's creative freedom to draw whatever they want, that's cool. What bothers me is that all these birthday images you've been getting, Twilight, is always depicted as if she's your sexual plaything, drawn wearing a collar with your name on it, or with a speech bubble saying something that would somehow suggest she was your property. And I know quite well that Twilight Sparkle is not your plaything, nor your property. She's my fiancé, so that bugs me a bit. What I find really loathsome, though, is your penchant for degrading my partner in both your art and the fan art you've been receiving lately. Twilight is a sweet and fairly vanilla little mare who I treat with the utmost love and respect, and she definitely does not deserve to be portrayed as some kind of sexual slave who likes being dressed up in sleazy attire, wearing a collar, getting sodomized, and having her face ejaculated on. She's not into that kind of stuff. 
And the fact that there's someone out there in the world, such as yourself, who would dare, desire, who would desire to treat Twilight in that way and have his friends support and validate her desires to demean and mistreat my partner by drawing pictures of him doing so really does bother me. I don't take any issue with people having kinky sex as long as both parties consent to it and enjoy it. But I also know quite well that my Twilight has no desire whatsoever to be treated like that. So next year, when your birthday comes around, keep in mind that Twilight Sparkle isn't just a lifeless cartoon character to be objectified with your sexual gratification. She's a partner of someone who loves her very much, and by that time, their wife. So both myself and Twilight would greatly appreciate it if you picked someone else to request erotic art of for your birthday. Based on the very large amount of different ponies you draw art of, I imagine there has to be many other ponies you find sexually attractive. I assume you'll probably just dismiss this message as the ramblings of a crazy person and likely ignore it, but if by some chance you do take what I've had to say to heart, well, we'd appreciate it. Regards, name redacted. Wow. Love is real. That was really long. Very yes. nice. Wow. Good well, for you for doing it so well, like you read it for the first time. I did. Certainly read it for the first time. <laughs> it's did not, not like denote it. Read yeah. it out loud as I was writing it. <laughs> no. Uh, well, kudos to Lawrence, though. He was right. I was paying attention. Like, he, I was worried. But, oh, I got uh, it. I was in. Yeah. Well, that man does not waste words. Uh, when he spends them, he spends them well. He, he could be ghostwriting some famous person's novel. <laughs> but no, he wasted on emails. That's going to be adapted for the next Game of Thrones book. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's the whole next season yeah. right there. All, <laughs> all two episodes or whatever is coming out. I mean, they have done incest, but nobody's fucked a horse yet, have they? Uh, imagine the screen. Imagine the heads that would turn. Hmm. You ever got tricked into accidentally seeing bestiality? That'll do it for this week's podcast. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, do we know who's on deck for next week? We don't know yet. Hey, it'll be a surprise. Did you tease me last week for this week's episode? No, absolutely not. It's not, not. guest, it's host. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> We're swapping hosts every week. Yeah. But it's sort of who can ever do it, who can do it. We have an order, but it's up to the audience to decide. No, it's not really. It's not. Yeah. Vote on the straw poll. There's no straw poll. You gotta find it. Yeah. <laughs> it's we, 19 random numbers and letters. <laughs> <laughs> I've left you five riddles in this podcast. Uh, find them if you dare. Each more devious than the previous. Uh, congratulations to uh, Inside yeah. Gaming Award Don't 2013 uh, winner oh of... That's uh, going to dent the table. Yeah, He's going home with that bad boy. The, the earth will crash into the sun and that will still exist. It's staying here. One of my no. favorite... Uh, I think I think he reposted a bit if you... Yeah, if you look up Garretson on Twitter, yeah. at Garretson, yeah. which I don't know... Was that 2012? Yeah, uh, yes. We yes. had a machinima ice sculpture that he yes. slammed into the no, gutter. He didn't throw it. That oh. was that was the people he, working we, there. He we walked out, we walked out of the building and it was dead and melting in the gutter. <laughs> I it's, thought that he grabbed they, it. They ended the award show because they're like, we gotta close this place up. There's an actual party happening. <laughs> <laughs> so all you nerds get the fuck out. And we're like, okay, bye. And they had a machinima ice yeah. sculpture, and the people working here just went and they threw it in the gutter. <laughs> like your battery. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's a beautiful image. That's a prophecy in a JPEG, but <laughs> Thank God, you. I'll take care. <laughs> Thank you for watching slash listening. We'll be back next week. If you're watching live, then stay tuned. We got a post show coming up where we can let our hair down. You can talk directly to TV's Joel Rubin uh, and uh, let him ask you directly for money. He'll be plugging his GoFundMe pretty soon here, so stick, stay tuned for that. But uh, aside from that, thank you, everybody, and we'll catch you next week. <laughs>